Now, if you've been here before, some of you know that one of my favorite things is finding uh, funny or strange or unusual names. And some of you are shaking your heads already because based on, based on past experience here, that makes you a little bit nervous. I, I want you to relax. Okay? Yeah, I got somebody going, no, no. Because today... I got pictures. Okay, these are these are some rather interesting names that can be found out on the internet. Now I haven't verified any of these, but I hope they're true. I hope they're real, even if they're not. Huh? Let's uh, pop that first one up there, guy. There we go. There's a fellow named Frank Schmuck running for office, and uh, really, haven't we been electing schmucks for for years? We really ought to give him a chance. Or maybe you're looking for real estate. Wendy Wacko is, uh, is your lady for real estate there. And then, uh, bless his heart, there's Email Suarez. <laughs> I don't know. And then, uh, now, now this one is interesting. This guy's kind of a neighbor of ours. He lives up in Elkhart. His name, I don't know if you can see it, all the way up the top, it says Tyrannosaurus Rex Mullins. But now, here's what gets me. Look at the middle of the page. Actually, a bit, right there where it says aliases, James E. Grant. Yeah, I bet he's got more aliases than James E. Grant, if you're named Tyrannosaurus Rex. There's Donald Duck. Got arrested. I knew that guy was a troublemaker. Who's next? Oh, now, this is a fun, I bet this is a fun guy to hang out with. <laughs> Bud Light. Don't you know you'd like him? Bud Light. And then finally, we have Batman Superman. So, um, <laughs> names are interesting things, aren't they? And I'd say a couple of those people had some stuff they had to deal with in life with names like that. I mean, a couple of them at least. We've got arrest records on them, right? Names are powerful. That's why we go to such lengths when we name our kids, right? That's why we, we jump so many hoops. There are so many considerations. I mean, who wants their kid to get beat up on the playground because he's got a bad name? Nobody wants that, right? And you don't want some smart aleck making up some kind of horrible song based on your kid's name, right? Gamel the camel's got two humps. I'm not bitter about it. That was 40 years ago. You got to try to get family names in there, and that's tough because sometimes family names—let's just face it—they're hideous, right? So, so a lot of them get thrown out, and then you have to—you have to leave out any name that is any form has any connection to any of the parents' former boy or girlfriends. It sounds silly, but it's true. Names are powerful things. Think about it. I'm going to say some names, and when I say them, some things will come to our minds, come to your mind. When I say Adolf Hitler, Billy Graham, Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., Mother Teresa, 
Osama bin Laden. Or here's a, here's a new one that a lot of things will be associated with in the future, I think. Jokar Sarnaev, one of the Boston Marathon bombers. Names are powerful things. We're in the fourth week of a series called Lemonade. And what we're doing with this series is we're looking at places in the Bible where the word better is used, verses that have the word better in them. And what we've seen is that life gives us choices. It's up to us to choose better. Well, what in the world does that have to do with lemonade? Well, all along we've been saying that lemons are pretty good. I mean, they're used in everything from cologne to cleaning products. I pointed out a few weeks ago there was more lemon in Pledge Furniture Polish than there is in Country Time Lemonade. Okay? We use lemons in, in all kinds of things. So, so lemons are pretty good, but lemonade is better, right? I mean, a lemon is good, but what we can do with it is better. Right? Lemonade's better. Lemon chicken is better. Lemon icebox pie is better. I'm still not following you, Pastor. Here you go. Listen. Some of us are settling for pretty good. Some of us have gotten okay with pretty good. In fact, we've even kind of chased after what is known as what we, what we call the good life. When God has something so much better. So far, we've talked about how one day with God is better than a thousand days anywhere else, doing anything else. We, we, we saw that it's, it's better to have one handful and live a life that is, that is quiet and peaceful than to have two hands full of, of stuff and work ourselves to death and chase the wind. And then last week we, we saw that it's, it's better to have wisdom than to have Gold. It's better to, to exercise and to, and to have good judgment than it is to have silver. Today, I, I want us to look at a, another scripture from the book of Proverbs. If you've got your Bible with you, you want to turn over to Proverbs chapter 22. That's over in your, uh, in your Old Testament. It's pretty much near the center of your Bible. When you get to Psalms, just go to the, to the right a little bit, and you'll get to Proverbs. If you don't have a Bible with you, there are verses in the message notes folder that are in your bulletin. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. And I kind of wrestled with this, but I decided to go with the verse out of the NIV because I, I really like how, it, how the New International Version says it here. Proverbs 22, verse 1 says, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Now, last week we talked about silver and gold being the top two, right? The, the world's most valuable, most wanted, most sought-after commodity. And we talked about how for centuries and centuries, gold and silver ha have represented some things. They've represented wealth. They've represented power. They've represented prestige. Their, their pull, their attraction is so powerful that there are, are people, there are men, explorers, who literally spent their entire lives, sacrificed their lives, pursuing 
gold, the legend of gold, the story of gold being somewhere. Even today, that right now as we speak, there are men in, 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 in boats and ships out on the ocean searching for in places where there is allegedly there's, there's treasure, where a boat carrying gold or silver coins went down. It's something that people are chasing after. And so when you see those things in the scriptures, when you see gold and silver talked about in scripture, very often they're used to represent things that the world tells us we ought to be chasing after, that we ought to be pursuing, that we ought to be uh, going after so that we can have them. The bigger salary, the bigger house, the newer car. But God's word says there's something better. There's something better than that. That a good name is better than being rich. That a good reputation is better than wealth and power and prestige. That, that esteem. Right? Being valued. Being recognized as, as being worthwhile. Having something valuable to contribute. That that, that is better than anything that we could obtain. So let me ask you this. What are you known for? When your name comes up, what do people think? And, and can, I, can I, for a moment, can I speak to the idea that gets in our heads sometimes? We, we start talking about this, and, and, and I want you to know this is not a message of judgment or condemnation. First of all, I'm just not about that, okay? I'm about the love of God, not, 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 not guilt. Okay. But sometimes when we start thinking about having a good name, we start thinking that that means we've got to be perfect. Right? We've got to be perfect, but that's simply not true. If, if you're taking notes, you're going to want to write this down. A good name doesn't mean that we're perfect. It means that we're being perfected by Jesus. Having a good name doesn't mean that we're making ourselves perfect. It means that we're surrendering to Jesus and allowing Him to do His work, His sanctifying work of perfection in us. Let me say it again. A good name doesn't mean we're perfect. It means that we're being perfected by the one who is perfect. Now, in this flesh, on this earth, perfection is just not very likely for any of us. All right? Some of us are going to get closer than others. You know who you are. But it's just not very likely. And so if we think having a good name is being perfect, we're going to end up in one of two places, most likely. At the one extreme, we'll just kind of give up and give in. Won't we? Well, nobody's perfect. Might as well not even try. Might as well just do whatever I want to do because... Nobody's perfect. And then the other end, the other extreme, is I can do this. I, I, I know that I can do it. I'm going to reach down and I'm, I'm going to grab my bootstraps and I, I'm going to pull as hard as I can. And I think I can. I think I can. I think, and if it's to be, it's up to me. And we beat ourselves to death. Straining, pursuing, trying to be perfect. We sign up for the, the try harder, do more, be better club. And that becomes the basis of our whole existence. For the third time, will you listen to me? A good name doesn't mean we're perfect. 
It means we're being perfected by the one who is. Socrates has a quote <clears throat> that I, I really like. I know you all have, have read it before. You, you, you probably like me. You sit around reading Socrates all day. Um, one of the reasons I like this is because the Bible said it first. Like thousands of years before Socrates even lived, the Bible said something very similar to what he said. He said, regard your good name as the richest jewel you can possibly possess. And the way to gain a good reputation is to endeavor to be what you desire to appear. Remember, this, this, this life is the process of you and I walking into and becoming more and more what God says we are. What Jesus died to make us. So a good name is better. But why? How? Well, today I, I want us to see three reasons why a good name is better. Okay? Three reasons. If you're taking notes, we'll, we'll start with this one. A good name is better because a, a good name gives confidence. Now, I, I kind of wrestled with how to say this. Okay? So, so I'm just going to kind of plow, plow ahead here and hope that, that it becomes a little more obvious as we go along a good name kind of instills confidence in us, helps us to, to be confident. In, in the book of Proverbs, uh, earlier in the book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 9, the Bible says this, People with integrity walk safely, but those who follow, follow crooked paths will slip and fall. People with integrity walk safely. I've told this story before. It happened a few years ago. Grayson was about three years old. And one day he, he asked Vicky for a cookie, he wanted an Oreo. And she said, oh, no, no, not right now. We're going to eat lunch in just a few minutes. Well, <clears throat> Grayson was not the kind of child who um, you could say no to. <laughs> one thing, he's just so darn cute. It takes after his daddy. But um, I don't know why that's funny. But, um, but he, he didn't like that. He, he never took... He never really liked no. And, uh, and so he, he kind of screwed up his face and whined a little bit. But, but, but he, he goes out of the kitchen. Well, a few minutes later, it's not too long after this, I'm sitting in the kitchen. And where I normally sit when I'm in the kitchen is kind of out of the line of sight for the pantry. But all of a sudden, I hear somebody, like very quietly, trying to open the pantry door. And I kind of peek around like this, and it's Grayson. Now... I could have headed this off, <laughs> but I kind of wanted to see how it played out. So <laughs> he, he, he sneaks into the pantry, and he's in there for a couple minutes, and it is obvious that he's hooking himself up with a couple of Oreos, right? And then there's, a, there's, an, there's that real slow opening of the pantry door again, and he, he kind of backs out, and there's Mom. I mean, right there. <laughs> and Vicky says... Grayson, did you get into the cookies? And Grayson, with a mouthful, said, oh, no, Mommy. <laughs> now, there was Oreo all over his mouth. right? You know how Oreo gets in your teeth? It's all over his mouth. It's on his hands. It's on his shirt. And Vicky knew that he ate a cookie, and he knew that he ate a cookie. And he's still like, oh, no, 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 Mommy. <laughs> because he's just like the rest of us. 
He's just like the rest of us. We, we do the same thing. We, we get our hands in the cookie jar and then we try to act like nobody sees it. Like nobody knows it. Or we want to make sure, we try to make sure that nobody can find out, right? That nobody will see it. Let me tell you what. Just sheer statistics can give us an education this morning. Because somebody's here who's been looking at stuff on a computer or a phone or a tablet that they got no business looking at. And um, it's caused you to lose confidence because you don't want anybody to find out, right? You hope, you hope nobody finds out. Or there's a student here, and, um, and, and you've lost confidence because you're saying, oh my goodness, I, I've cheated my way through this whole semester, and now finals are coming up, and I don't really know this material, and, and I'm just not confident that I'm going to do well when the test comes. See, if we're not walking in integrity, all of a sudden, we feel unsafe insecure. We feel panicky, afraid. We, we've been joining in uh, uh, some gossip or, or talking about a friend. And later on, we're like, oh my gosh, what if they find out I said that? What if they find out I was involved in that? What if they find out that I started that? Somebody else might say, you know, I've just been goofing off at work. I'm not pulling my weight. I'm kind of sloughing my work off on other people. I, I, you know, I, I'm not doing my share. And I'm worried the boss is going to notice. Or somebody's going to rat me out. Somebody's texting someone that you shouldn't be texting. Or you've got an inappropriate conversation going on on Facebook, and you know it. And you're worried somebody's going to find out. What if they see this? How do I delete this? Listen, when we walk in integrity, the scripture says we walk safely. We walk securely. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be ashamed. We, we, we don't have to be, live in fear of somebody finding out, somebody seeing. When we walk with integrity, our name, our reputation is rock solid. And that gives us confidence. The good name gives us confidence. There's a second name, why, second reason why a good name is better. A good name is better because a good name speaks for us. It, it speaks for us to other people. It, you know, our reputation can precede us, or our reputation can precede us, right? You know what I'm saying. There's a there's a there's an example of this in the in the Old Testament book of Second Chronicles. It's during the time when Solomon is the king of Israel. And let you remember last week, in the past, we've talked about Solomon being the wisest man on earth. He's just the smartest guy ever because when God gave him the option, God said, you can choose anything that you want and I'll give it to you. He didn't choose wealth and, you know, he didn't choose fame. He didn't choose power. He didn't choose to, like, to, to be able to dominate his enemies. He said, give me wisdom. And God said, you're going to have it. You're going to have it in abundance. 
And the Bible says that his reputation spread all over the known world. In fact, eventually it reached who was the person who was probably the second most powerful person and the second richest person on the face of the earth, the Queen of Sheba. And so the Queen of Sheba, she's heard about Solomon, and she wanted to find out just how wise Solomon really was. And so here's where we pick up in 2 Chronicles chapter 9, verse 1. It says this, When the Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame... His reputation has preceded him, right? I mean, at this point, she has just heard of him. She's heard some incredible things about him, but his reputation has gone before him. So when she heard of Solomon's fame, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. Solomon's reputation has preceded him. It has, it has spoken for him. It's out there. The queen has heard all about it. And she comes to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. Guys, have you ever been tested by a woman with hard questions? Oh, you know what they are. This one always gets me. This one is this one is like when you're walking with your your wife or your girlfriend, you know, your significant other through the mall. Or maybe you're sitting together on the couch and she's flipping through a magazine and she'll stop. She'll stop and there's a picture of like some of God's best work on the page. <laughs> and she will say, do you think she's pretty? Guys, you cannot go, yeah! <laughs> no, you, you have to say, no baby, she's homelier in a bowling shoe. Or, you know, yeah, she's kind of pretty, but nobody holds a candle to you, honey. I, ladies, I don't know why you ask us these hard questions. How about this? What are you thinking? Ladies, it's, it's, it's one of two things. And one of them is food. Could be three. We might be thinking about taking a nap. But it's... it's, it's it's just two or three things at, at tops, most. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the queen tests Solomon with hard questions. Um, right there in verse 1, near the end, it says, When she met with Solomon, she talked with him about everything she had on her mind. Now, we, we have no way of knowing how long this took. <laughs> because... For a woman to talk about everything she has on her mind. Hmm. I can tell you this about Solomon. He, he wasn't just wise. He was patient. In fact, well, let's go on. Gosh. The second, uh, second Chronicles 9 verse 2. Solomon had answers for all her questions. Nothing was too hard for him to explain to her. Now listen. <laughs> you know, I said Solomon was patient. I started to say he may not have even been real because of that verse right there. If I didn't believe the Bible, every bit of it from Genesis to Maps was the word of God and that it was all true, I'd think he was made up. Nothing was too hard for him to explain. And then look at what the queen says, verse 5. 
Second Chronicles 9, verse 5. Everything I heard in my country about your achievements and wisdom is true. I didn't believe what was said until I arrived here and saw it with my own eyes. In fact, I had not heard half. I had not heard the half of it of your great wisdom. It is far beyond what I was told. See, our reputation can precede us or it can precede us. Have you ever met someone, but, but before you met them, somebody else told you so much about them that you felt like you already knew them? Okay? Now, there's just one or two ways that's going to go when you finally do meet them. Either you're going to really like them or you're going to really not like them. But their reputation has preceded them. When we talked about those names a few minutes ago, when we, especially like Billy Graham and Mother Teresa and, and Martin Luther King. Listen, if we had been their contemporaries, if we had been alive and been there when they were born, those names wouldn't have meant anything to us. There's a new baby out at the Graham place. William. Go and call him Billy. Okay. But listen, because they walked through life with integrity and they did what God called them to do. Today, their names speak for themselves. We simply have to say their names. And automatically, we begin to think certain things. We begin to have certain images. They have a reputation and a legacy that will live on for years. Because a good name gives confidence, and it speaks for us. And the third reason why a good name is better. A good name is better because it inspires others. And another great example of this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Apostle Paul is writing to the people in Corinth. And they were, that you talk about a messed up church. That was a messed up bunch of folks. They had a lot of problems. They had a lot of issues. And so he's having to do a lot of correction and a lot of teaching and a lot of emphasizing what it means to be a follower of Christ. And, and, and I think Paul senses that he's really putting a lot on them, Right? They're like trying to get a drink out of a fire hose. And, and he maybe is concerned that he's overwhelming them and that they might be going, I don't know how we're going to do all this. I don't know how we're going to fix this. Paul, there's too much. It seems too hard. And so in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, Paul makes this, this simple statement. He says, look, here's the deal. He says, you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Some translations say, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, Paul says, listen, I, I get it. You're a little worried. You know, you're a little worried about doing all this. Watch me and do what I do. Man, can we live that way? Watch me and do what I do. Paul says, follow my example. I'm following Jesus. You follow me. Be inspired by what you see from me, by, by what I'm doing, by how I'm walking. Y you can do this, okay? I'm walking with Jesus. You just walk the way I walk. Paul wasn't an egomaniac. I mean, this is a guy that describes himself as the chief of sinners. But he could say, watch what I do, do what I do. I follow Christ, you follow me. Followers of Jesus should inspire other people. Now, here's what I mean. People should be able to look at us and say, I really don't get this. I really don't understand this right now because they're going through something that seems to be so difficult. And yet they have this joy. Right? And it's not based on their circumstances. It's not based on 
good things happening for them. They've just got this joy. And I don't understand it, but I'd like to. I'd like to have that. I want that in my life. I'm inspired by it. Now, where does that come from? Well, it, it might come when we know that one day with God is better than a thousand days anywhere else. Right? When we've spent time with God and we know Him and we trust Him and we understand that joy in this life is not determined by our circumstances, but that it's determined by knowing Him, trusting Him, believing Him, and experiencing His love. That lets us put down roots. That enables us to take whatever comes our way and people will see it and be inspired by it. Maybe somebody takes a look at your life and they say, I don't get it. I, I got two handfuls, but all I ever do is work. All I'm, I'm beating my brains out here working and, and, and I'm chasing after the wind and they just got one little handful and they're so peaceful and tranquil. And I don't get it. I, I'd like to have that. See, followers of Jesus ought to be able to walk in such a way that people see our lives and say, I, I want that. I, I want to experience that. Don't, don't miss this. Not because we're good, but because Jesus is. Right? It's not because we're good. It's because Jesus is. And the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead lives in us. That's inspiring. In fact, that's the actual definition of inspire. God breathed His Spirit into us. Some of you are fighting with me right now. Okay? Pastor Scott, I'm no inspiration. I mean, I, I'm not Billy Graham. I'm not Mother Teresa. I, 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 I'm, I'm just not real good at this. I'm not a good speaker. I'm just an office worker. I'm just a, a factory worker. I'm just a construction worker. You know, I'm just, a, I'm just a contractor. I'm just a business owner. I'm just a farmer. I'm just a doctor. I'm just a lawyer. Let's just face it. I, I'm, not, I'm not that inspiring a person. Okay, pop quiz. I want you to write down the answers to these questions. i got three questions for you. I want to write them down, okay? Everybody ready to write? Pen, paper. Writing helps you stay honest. Number one, what two teams played in the 2003 Super Bowl and which team won? Don't tell. Don't share the answer with anybody. Okay. Number two, what movie won the Academy Award for Best Picture in 2003? Okay. I don't see anybody writing. Um, number three, I need the name of the person who won the Miss America pageant in 2003. Go ahead and write those down. Write your answers down. Don't let anybody look on your paper. You don't want to be embar embarrassed, right? Okay, number one, winner of the 2003 Super Bowl. Anybody want to give a shot? Hmm? Somebody said Raiders. Uh, Tampa Bay. Okay, so between like 19 people who spoke up, two people got it. All right, sports nerds. Got it. You're good people. You're just sports nerds. That's all. <laughs> who won the game? 
you're a sports nerd. <laughs> David, I'm just picking on you, man. Yeah, Tampa Bay won. All right, number two, who got it? Best picture, 2003. No. Chicago. Oh, yeah. Why did I get that? Miss America, 2003. <laughs> Her name was Erica Harold. You know the reason I know that? Because I looked them up. <laughs> I wasn't going to stand up here and look stupid. <laughs> but now let me ask you some questions that you probably do know the answers to. Who was the friend who was there for you in your time of deepest need? Who was the teacher who really first put it into your head that, that you could do something, you could be something? Give me the name of a person who believed in you when you couldn't believe in yourself. See, I bet every one of us can answer those questions. We can all be inspiring to others as we, as we walk as fully devoted followers of Jesus. Not because we're special, but because he is. Not because we're good, but because he is. Jesus is. Anybody here ever hear of a man named Lindsey Herndon? You got one hand. Okay. Lindsey Herndon, nobody except my wife? That's oh, okay. We know him. I know him. See, I was a, I was a kid growing up in a small North Alabama town, and, and Brother Lindsay, that's what everybody called him, he came to be the pastor of the little church that, that my family went to. And, and what, I, what I recall is that for the first time in my life, I, I heard a, a preacher speak, you know, speak from the pulpit in a way that I could actually understand and in a way that, that, that made sense to me, and I began to get it. I, I, began, to, I began to understand it and, it, and it began to make an impact on my life. And I, I came to understand that I needed Jesus. And one night during a revival service, I walked down the aisle. And Brother Lindsey Herndon was right there to, to, to welcome me into the family of God. And it, it wasn't just the fact that he was good in the pulpit. It was the way that he loved people and cared for them and, and was so passionate about helping people get to know Jesus. I saw all that. And I said, I, I want that. I, I want to be like that. I'm inspired by that. And I remember one Sunday after church, I, I couldn't have been more than 10 years old, I shook Brother Lindsay's hand and I said, I want to be a preacher one day just like you. My mom kind of scolded me on the way home. She said, you shouldn't have said that if you didn't mean it. I said, Mom, I do mean it. And look here. I'm standing here today as a product of that inspiration. Somebody that none of you knew, that none of you will probably ever get a chance to meet, has a point of contact with you because he led a life with a good name. That inspired me. A good name is better because it gives us confidence. 
because it speaks for us, because it inspires other people. And let me tell you something else that I know. I know that there's probably somebody in here thinking, well, yeah, okay, that's all well and good, uh, uh, Scott, but I don't have a good name. Not, even, like, not at all, not even close. <laughs> there's this verse in Revelation chapter 3 where Jesus is talking to the church at Sardis, and, and he says this. It's in Revelation 3.1. He says, I, I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you're dead. And somebody here today can relate to that. Yeah, that's me. I feel dead. I don't have a good name. Everybody around, everybody I know knows it. Well, let me just say this to you. <laughs> Welcome home. <laughs> You're among people who are just like you. You're among people, and you're in a place where pretty much everybody knows and understands Romans 3.23. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And that everybody there, that covers everybody. That covers me. Covers the worship team. Right? covers the, the folks who handed you a, a bulletin when you walked in the door. The person who, who, who poured your coffee. <laughs> the people who are taking care of your kids. covers everybody. covers the person sitting on either side of you or in front of you or behind you. Everybody. But the good news is, even though our names aren't good, we know one whose name is. We know one whose name makes the devil tremble in fear. We know one whose name is so powerful that one day every king, every ruler, every powerful person on this earth is going to bow down to him. Bow the knee. In fact, every person is going to bow the knee. We know one whose name, the Bible says, is above every name and his name is Jesus and if you feel like you're a prisoner of your past if you feel like you're in bondage to the, the choices you've made and the life you've lived you need to hear Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 which says Christ has truly set us free the Bible says that through Jesus Christ we can be free and if you feel like you're distant from God, just so far away from God, I, I'm not even within shouting distance of him, Pastor, then you need to hear Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, which says, Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. The Bible says that through Jesus Christ, through his sacrificial death, we can be brought near to God. Or maybe you, you just feel like a reject. Unlovable, unacceptable. You need to hear Romans 15, verse 7, which says, accept each other. Just as Christ has accepted you, the Bible says Christ has accepted us. Maybe you feel sinful and dirty. Well, you need to hear 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that says... Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. New life has begun. 
somebody says, well, yeah, Pastor Scott, but you don't really know me. I mean, you, you really, you don't really know me. You don't know what I do. You don't know what I've done. Man, you don't know what, you don't know what goes on up here. No, you, I don't. You're right about that. But, but let me ask you this. Have any of you ever persecuted, tormented, and killed someone because of their religious beliefs? Let me see here. Nobody? Good. Well, now listen. The last five scriptures that we just saw, every one of them was written by Paul, whose name one time was Saul, and whose occupation was persecuting followers of Jesus and sending them to their deaths. That's why he called himself the chief of sinners. And, and listen, that's who God chose to write almost half of the New Testament. That's who God chose to proclaim the message of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus to the people who proclaimed it 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 to you and me. You think you're too bad? Jesus is too good. Right? You think you're too bad? Jesus is too good. And you can't be too bad for a Savior who is too good. Listen to me now. Don't you live one more day don't live one more day letting your past determine your future. If you're taking notes, write this down. This is the last thing. Get this. You're creating tomorrow's legacy today. You're, you know, we, we talked about how the decisions that we made yesterday determine what's going on in us today. And the decisions we make today determine what's going to go on tomorrow. You're creating tomorrow's legacy today. And no matter what we've done in the past, no matter what kinds of chains and, and, and baggage and heavy loads we're carrying around with us, and no matter what brought us here today, we've got to understand that today is a new day. And we're creating tomorrow's legacy today. A good name is more desirable than great riches to be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Bow your heads, please. Close your eyes.